What's going on, my brothers and sisters out there? This is That They Know You, and my name is Nate Akers, your humble host. This is the podcast that invites its listeners to pursue a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Our foundational verse is John 17, verse 3, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I want to thank you guys for being here today. Today's um, topic is, the song is How He Loves, or How He Loves Us, depending on who you want to ask. Um, And the uh, title is Jesus is the Truth. It's the second of three in our series for Jesus is the Way, the Truth, and the Life. Spoiler alert. So anyway, I'm glad that you all are here. Um, If you're new to this um, podcast, I want to welcome you and let you know that you're in the right place. And I am glad that you're here. Um, And I hope that you feel blessed by this, by what God has to say because he loves you and he wants you to know him. He knows you. There's no way around that. But let's let's get to know him. Let's work on learning who he is because he's a loving God and someone who is deserving of our love and someone who we should seek out and try to get to know more. Um if you would, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, I come to you today, and I thank you for my friends, my brothers and sisters. I ask that you bless their lives, and I ask that you please bless my mouth, (laughs) the words that come out of my mouth, I mean, that I may speak truth, your truth, into your children, whom you have sent. I pray that the Holy Spirit be in this moment and reach into our hearts And let us know who we are through Jesus Christ as we're formed into his likeness. Please continue to guide us and watch over us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so the song for this week is How He Loves. And it's by various artists. It was originally written by, I think the guy's name is John McMillan, something like that. the name would escape me right now um but the first time i heard the song was by um crowder the the david crowder band (laughs) don't quote me on all this i don't even know if i'm saying his name right right now it's been a long day okay i'm doing this later in the evening and i'm tired um crowder is his last name i know that um my favorite version is by um the artist lacey sturm i am a sturm trooper i find a kindred spirit in her um in that she has um been someone who has struggled with her own bout of depression and i don't know whenever i'm going through a rough a rough time i kind of like to turn on her music and just listen to it she doesn't use foul language she doesn't do any of that stuff and that is relieving to me because in the past when i was younger Um, I used to listen to stuff that probably wasn't so good for my soul, Uh, but it feels good to know. It's okay that you've felt this, that you felt down, and, um, but this song is not down. Uh, It was written during a time when uh, John John Mark McMillan, I think is his name, don't quote me guys, Um, he had lost a dear friend 
to an, a sudden accident. Um, the, the man, from what I've read, was a youth minister, I believe, and he was saying that if he could just reach the hearts of all these children, uh, these young adults, I mean, that he would be happy being taken home right then and there. Well, that was the last time that he spoke to his friend, and so to cope with that, he wrote this song. Um, if you want to look for the extended version of the lyrics, um, I would recommend looking that up. Uh, the guy is, he wrote, he wrote a good song, if you ask me. So with all that being said, um, here are the lyrics and what they mean to me by How He Loves. All right. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane, I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy when all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me I'm sorry that I get um, I'm getting emotional here I know I know I know <laughs> I'm an emotional guy okay but the first set here is just someone the man who wrote this, the people who sing this song, I feel like they they feel God's love for them. They understand it. He is jealous for you. What does it mean to be jealous for someone? It means, okay, um, personally, if my wife were out, out and about, and another man came up and started uh, speaking to her, and I could tell that maybe he was a little interested would I just idly sit by? No. <laughs> That's mine. She is mine and I am hers. So I want her attention. I have told my wife before that, fortunately, this is not the case. It has been in my past, but we're not going to get into that right now. I would, If I needed to compete for her attention, I would have no problem with that. I want to be her number one. So when I read this, he is jealous for me. That makes me realize God sees me in that same light. And he sees you in that same light. He wants your attention and he'll do whatever he can to get it. His love is like a hurricane and I am a tree. Being beat down by the rain and the, and the wind and just the pressure, the weight of his love. It's when they wrote this song, he wanted to write a song that was just a messy, sloppy love because our lives can get messy and sloppy. Our lives can get down in the dumps and God is just saying, I don't care. I love you. I know I loved you when you were still a sinner. Even when you were in the, the depths of sin, I loved you so much that I would make a great sacrifice for you. It's, it's, it's incredible love. It says, bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. And this is what gets me when all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. I know I've had a lot of afflictions in my life, things that I've struggled with, 
Um, and my life has definitely not been the worst. There have definitely been others who have had it worse. Um, but they're my problems are eclipsed by the glory of God. And then I realize how beautiful he is and how great his affections are for me. They're so great. The song goes on. And oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us all. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane. I am a tree. Bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. It goes starts picking up when all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And then there's the, I believe it's called the bridge. <laughs> then it goes on. And we are his portion and he is our prize, drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking in it. And heaven meets earth. Right here, <laughs> I know some of you may read others. This says, And heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss, and my heart turns violently inside of my chest. I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves us. Um, some might read, In heaven meets earth like a passionate kiss. I think the original version was, In heaven meets earth like a uh, a, w a sloppy wet kiss, which <clears throat> to me is, <laughs> I'm glad they kind of changed it up. It's not really my favorite, but um, they were respectful whenever they changed it to the original author. And they said, yeah, go for it. Um, but let's just r slow this down for a second. We are his portion and he is our prize. To be someone, to be something, someone's, for something to be someone's portion is, this is what we work for I believe is what it is um, we are we belong to him we this is we are the um, what he has worked for you know his just reward is just due because of what Jesus did for us he has bought us and now we are owned by him in some way and he is our prize that we were purchased at such a high price and then given the God of the universe the servant king who reigns in an upside down kingdom from the from the bottom up he serves us and then we're drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes I wish I could look into the eyes of my savior and and see what that's like. I cannot wait to be able to do it. I can't wait to be able to look into the eyes of, of my Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit and just feel so complete and whole. If His grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. To me, that that gives a, an idea of just how great it is. And, and I'm sure God looks at us and says, it's even greater than that. My favorite version of this next line is when Lacey Sturm sings it in heaven meets earth like a passionate kiss. And the way she sings it, she really, like a passionate, she, a passionate kiss. And she just, um, it sounds, it's so beautiful the way she sings it. Um, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> and uh, it's just, 
whenever you've missed your wife or your husband for a long time, I've been gone for months on him on due to deployments and stuff. And that first embrace and that first kiss, it feels so good to be able to hold your loved one in your arms. And it's like Jesus coming to to us and embracing us and giving us a passionate kiss whether that be on the cheek or whatever you want, whatever you want to imagine. I, I prefer the cheek. Uh, and just being loved, my heart turns violently inside of my chest. My heart skips. It skips beating. It, it jumps because of excitement. I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves us. When I'm, when I'm thinking about how greatly I'm loved, these regrets from my past, they don't even matter now. Because his love covers all of that. He looks and says, stop. Don't even think about that. He doesn't even have to tell me to stop. Because it's so encompassing, I guess is the word. It, it just it takes over my thoughts and it takes over my heart how great his love is this song isn't very long um, but the lyrics are super powerful um, like I said uh, you might do some research on this song if you get some time and uh, look up the extended version of the lyrics um, because uh, this is a good song to listen to and, I, and I'm, and I'm going to start listening to the rest of the album through YouTube um, and uh, kind of listen to the way that the rest of this uh, the album goes, but it's supposed to be for someone who might be struggling at the moment. Um, so, in the event that, that that you find yourself there and you might uh, want to give it a look, um, might do some research on it and give it give it a listen. Um, I think the guy is actually pretty darn good. Anyway, so back to Jesus is the truth. So the homework is John fourteen six. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus was telling us the truth with this, with when he was telling us that, oh, the truth. Um, I, I know, it, I'm silly, but like, he was, he's not afraid to he, cut straight to the serious matters. So, he told us that he's the truth. What does this mean? This means that what we read from God's word, you can take that to the bank. If Jesus said, this is how it is, then that's that's what I believe is the truth because I've put my faith in him. I believe it's going to happen. I believe that it did happen. God said, leading up to Jesus coming to earth, this is going to happen. Trust me on this. What happened? Jesus came, fulfilled all the messianic prophecies to the best of my knowledge. And if you want to dispute that, I challenge you to because there's many people who have and they have not been um, able to convince others not, but I'm not even going to get into all that right now. I am by no means an apologetics, an apologist, um, even though I really, really enjoy that, that topic. I'd like to know more. But anyway, so 
you can take Jesus' words to heart. He's not going to steer you the wrong way because he's the good shepherd. He knows that his sheep need to know the truth. They need to be led. And he takes his job seriously enough to not lead you astray, to cut straight to the point and tell you what you need to hear. He loves you so much that he will meet you in your in your times of, of doubt, in your times of need, when you're sad, when you're down. He'll meet you when you're in times of happiness, in times of conviction. He'll meet you in the bathroom. He'll meet you on top of a mountain. He'll meet you in the middle of dinner. He'll meet you <laughs> while watching a movie. Jesus will go wherever you are whenever your spirit is ready to listen. He doesn't care because that is how serious he is about getting to you. And then when he meets you there, he treats you with kindness and compassion. That's why I believe that you and I need to treat others with respect and love. We need to serve them so that Jesus can work through us for them and that their lives can be impacted by him through us that way he'll meet them there and then he can take them where they need to go Jesus loves us uh, he loves us too much to find us where we're at and then sugarcoat our lives and tell us that it's all going to be okay when we know, when we look inside our hearts, that there are some things, when we read the Bible, when we look into his word, that we say, that's me. Now, we might be hard on ourselves, but Jesus does not condemn, he convicts. And conviction is less about condemnation than it is about invitation. When that happens... Jesus is saying, that's okay, but come with me, and I'll make this better. I am the great physician. I will, I will heal you. Through my stripes you are healed. Jesus came into a world of sinners to tell us that through him and, th and the truth of his message, we could finally be reconciled to our Father who is in heaven. The definition of reconciled is to restore friendly relations between. So, in essence, Jesus came to tell us that his way was true and that through him we would be restored in a right or friendly relationship with God. I love that because he came here and gathered up a group of 12 nobodies started up a relationship with them, and then through them, reconciled the world. Through a bunch of people like you and me, walking around, he, he started a relationship with those people. And it was so infectious and so good that those people, once he, was, once he ascended to the throne, the right-hand side of God, the right hand of God, they, they were... They could not help themselves as soon as the Holy Spirit came upon them. 
and they went and preached to the world. Don't don't believe me? Look it up. There are still factions of the disciples, or the apostles, I suppose now, at that point, where in places like India, Ethiopia, all over. Look at Paul. Into Europe, where Jesus had such an impact on their lives that they would not stay quiet about it, even in the face of absolute death. Not absolute death. You know what I mean. Of They knew it was coming because, because they were told, if you don't stop, we're going to kill you. Well, you can go ahead and do that then because all you're doing is hastening the inevitable. I know where I'm going. So I pray that the Holy Spirit will embolden me to speak to others about the gospel and how great the good news is. That they too do not have to die. They too can live eternity with their Heavenly Father. Not in separation from Him. Jesus is the truth because through him we have a hope, future, and a home. But also, if we don't turn him away, his light shines into our hearts and we see how there's nothing that we bring to God into our relationship with him. And that it was all because of Jesus that we have this gift. As I said earlier, when, when Jesus' light shines into our hearts, our hearts are dark places and we see all the all the the wreckage that we've done that we've put it ourselves through and we're like what <laughs> this is what is this is what's been in here jesus doesn't make me feel bad when he shines a light into my heart this morning um i i've been working on trying to be um, more vulnerable with god and spending more time with him. And he pre impressed it on my heart. He said, Nate, you want to be more vulnerable with me. Okay, I need you to set aside time in the morning. I'm like, well, okay, I would, I do. Reading, reading the Bible. That's good. Keep reading the Bible. But I want you to set aside time when you just talk to me. You want to be more vulnerable. I just want to listen. So this morning... I try, I'm, I'm going to try to start something new for myself and just set aside 15 to 30 minutes, however long I got, to just tell him what's on my mind and speak to him. If more mornings are like that, I'm, on, I'm in for a rocky road because I'll probably find some more things in my life that I need to iron out. Um, this morning, it was a revelation that... Um, when I drink, if I drink, have a beer, uh, I have a tendency to drink to get drunk. And a big deal for me is to show a good example to my kids. And that I can be responsible um, and not allow things to get out of hand. Um, and I have not done anything crazy like, like get, get drunk or anything like that. I've been feeling pretty buzzed before, you know, recently. Um, that's besides the point. 
I, Jesus revealed something in my heart that I feel that I need to work on. And I'm just going to be raw and vulnerable with you guys. It was something that um, was impressed on my heart. And, and I'm going to rely on his strength for that. If there is a next time, which there will be, that maybe I just do the one. Maybe I just have one. Because I, my example that I set for my kids means a lot to me. And I don't want them to look back and say, you know, Daddy did have things that he fought against. This is true. And I'm not going to hide that from them. I've struggled with something like with that stuff before in the past. Um, and and I've, I've spoken to my daughter about it. My son is, is four, almost five, so he's still too young to understand. And my daughter is still pr- probably too young to understand. But she'll understand eventually. But that I noticed something in my life that I need to cut out or to practice moderation on. So my hope is that by doing this, I will further my relationship with Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to invite you to try to do the same or whatever works for you. Pray, to, pray that our Father will speak to you in such a way that he leads you along and tells you what you need to do. What he, actually, what he wants to do. He wants to spend time with you in your own special way. Maybe that's journaling. I know a lot of people journal, and I think that's a wonderful thing. Trust me, I've tried. <laughs> I, want, I used to be a writer, and I would write all the time. They weren't good. That's why you haven't heard of me as an author. I've never published anything. Probably never will. But I enjoy writing. Um... And um, there's several other ways. Just sitting in the silence, doing nothing for God's sake. That's a literal practice. I can't remember the name of it right now at this moment. But to just sit there and just think on God. And whatever comes to your mind about the blessings that he's given you in your life, just Focus on that. And whenever you catch your mind drifting off to something else, just gently bring it back to God and his blessings and the work that he's done in your life. And then go out and be a light for someone else. (laughs) That's what I want us to do here. I want us to start living a discipled life, a disciplined life. I've recently reached out to one of my pastors and... I need to get back with him because I sent an email. And Dr. J, if you ever listen, you haven't responded. <laughs> so I'm going to keep trying, man, because I want to pursue my relationship with Christ. And I want to go further. I want to become a disciple. Um, I think it's really important, people, brothers and sisters. I, I think that that is an incredibly important thing. Jesus told us to go make disciples of the world. So uh, to go make disciples, we first must be discipled. I would would highly recommend trying to do your best to find somebody who is a little further along. Um, With that, do not compare yourself to them. Run your race. Find someone who can help disciple you and, and bring you along further, but do not compare. Comparison will not get you anywhere. God is doing something within their lives 
that is completely different than he's doing with yours. And he knows his child. That's something that I have I struggle with sometimes. And thank you, Godfrey, for pointing that out whenever the last time we spoke about that. Um, I was I'm so proud of you, buddy. My man, my brother. Um, do not compare, brothers and sisters. Do not do it. You are the apple of God's eye. You are uniquely you. You belong to him. And he's got a life that is set out for you. Okay? Don't try to compete with somebody else. So, in Jesus, we see ourselves for who we truly are. So, how did Jesus refer to those whom he came to save? Well, he called us brothers and sisters, sons and daughters. He called us his friends, his sheep, his family. In Jesus, we see the truth of how valuable we are to our Abba Father. So how did he treat those whom he was sent for? Well, he healed us. He taught us. He fed us. He told us not to worry because our Father in Heaven loves us. He told us stories about how great God is. He also told us stories about how how hard he can be as, as a king and how he warned us about those who either would hoard away the kingdom of heaven in their hearts and not give love to others, not want to share that with others, because, well, I got what I got, I want, I got what I need. I don't really care about everybody else. Jesus was talking to our hearts about those things. He wants us to know that we need to love others. We need to love God and love others. And to look out for false prophets, things like that. But to do what we can to love others so that you and I are not one of those people saying, Lord, Lord, we did these things in your name. No, what I want, what gives me joy, is talking to you and loving you and working for him in the kingdom so that someday he'll look at me and he'll look at you and say, well done thy good and faithful servant. That is my prize. To hear my king tell me, Nate, you did good. Remember when we did that together? Yes, I do. I was there with you. We did that together. And through, through me, you were able to do that. Praise be to God. Amen. So, he even raised people from the dead to bring glory and honor to God. These are the things that he did for us. So if Jesus is the truth and he treats us with such compassion to always tell us the truth, always tell us, hey, don't do this, don't do those things, don't be like those people, be like me, become further, closer to my image. So if he, he treats us with such compassion, shouldn't we speak truth into our own lives too? And not just, oh, speak your truth. No. No. Speak Jesus' truth. What did Jesus say about you? Who is Jesus? If Jesus is king over all kings on earth, 
and Lord above all lords, then who do you say you are? Are you hard on yourself? And tell yourself that you're worthless and nobody loves you? Do you tell yourself you're stupid? That you never do anything right? You're not physically appealing for others to look at? Are you unhealthy? Do you talk too much? Do you not talk enough? Are you untrustworthy? Unreliable? Etc. Is this the same kind of talk that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords use to describe his people? No, ma'am, and no, sir. As I said before, he called us his friends, his sheep, his family. His family. He told Mary, go and tell my brothers about me, that I've been risen, that I've risen from the grave. He spoke, he called us sons and daughters. When the, when the woman reached out who had been bleeding to grab him because she thought, if I just can touch the fringe of his robe, I'll be healed. That, I've probably said this before, but that woman committed a heinous crime against him at, at that time. She was considered filthy because she would not stop bleeding. She needed to be outside of the community. She needed to be out there, not allowed to, to associate with one another. Doctors had tried to help her. Family members probably ostracized her and told her that they needed to get away, that she needed to get away from them, that they needed to continue on with their lives. This woman was isolated. She reached out and touched him. He felt the power go through him. What did he tell her? He looked down at her and told her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. And he called her daughter. He did not shun her. He didn't tell her, how dare you reach out and touch me? All you had to do was ask. He didn't treat her that way. So why are we treating ourselves and each other so badly? Why do we treat fellow Christians so badly? Why do we treat unbelievers so badly? I know that they've been treating you bad too. A lot of people got some brave thumbs out there hiding behind a, a computer screen. We all need to remember the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. And truly let Jesus be our, our Lord of our, over our lives. And walk the way that he would walk. I've been there. I've done that. Fortunately, I got rid of social media a long time ago. I'm on Instagram and a couple of YouTube videos. That's it. I don't talk to anybody on there, though. Not that all that is just the devil. Nothing like that. All things can be used. God can use all things for good. Romans 8.28 But what I'm saying is... Let's try to act like children of God. Let's try to act like Jesus. I know, I know, I know. Oh, that's not realistic, or that's lame, or can't, we can't always be doing that. No, I'm not saying that. But at least we can walk in a disciplined lifestyle and try. Try to do good. Try to do, do right. I believe that we can do this. I believe that we can start a revival 
and start treating people good. Why else do you think that Christianity grew the way it did? Because they walked that walk. They walked that life because they believed Jesus' words were the truth. And that by following him and doing what he said, they would inherit the kingdom of God. And that they would be the kingdom of God here on earth. I challenge us. Challenge all of you listening. Do that. Let's walk that life. So 1 John chapter 5, verse 20 says, And we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding, so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God, because we live in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God, and he is eternal life. So Jesus is the truth in that through his life, we would become familiar with and have a relationship with the only true God. John 17 verse 3 also explains this. It's funny how John 17 verse 3 and John chapter 1, uh, 1 John uh, 5 20 sort of sounds similar, huh? It might have something to do with the author. Well, thank God for John because I feel like he got it. I feel like that must have been why he was the disciple that Jesus loved. And I'm I'm just getting this. That he had a relationship with Jesus. And that's why he was so close. He had a compassionate heart for Christ. And I believe that he had abundant joy. And he had it long, long after the other disciples died. He did not get martyred. He lived to a ripe old age. Probably died peacefully in his sleep for all we know. But this man loved Jesus. And I believe because he knew Jesus and he loved him so much that he knew God and loved God too. Jesus wants you to know the truth. And that is him and his father, the one true God, who loves you and made a great sacrifice so that you would also know that love. That's all I got to say tonight, guys. Um, I hope that this has been impactful for you. Um, so to close, let's go ahead and bow our heads in prayer, please. Dear Father, I thank you so much that Jesus Christ is the truth and that he's not afraid to tell us the truth in our lives, both not afraid and happy to tell us the truth in our lives, that although we falter, and although that we shine the light, that he shines a light in our hearts, that he comes in and cleans it out. And from then on, we don't need to look back at that trash that Jesus has brought us on, that left us, that left behind us. That we're walking on the path led by our shepherd, and we don't need to look back anymore. That is not us anymore. That's not a part of us. We might sometimes wander off and go back to those things. Holy Spirit, I ask that you please give us the strength to fight against that. To say no to the sin that still lives in us. And yes, to Jesus Christ who lives inside us. And that we can continuously walk 
down our down the road that you've set us and continue to grow in our image of Christ in the true image of who we are in the image of God and his children that is the truth that is who we are deeply loved divine stories of grace I thank you for the message that you've given us Lord I thank you for your word and that you loved us so much that you gave it to us so that we could see the things in our lives that we need to put aside to lay down to follow you I thank you that you give that you lift us up and you give us strength. That it's all through you. And because it's all through you, now our lives are all for you. Thank you for your love and for giving us our true identities, for giving us the truth always. I ask that you please bless those who listen. Bless all of those who belong to you. Help us to bring in more. And let your name be glorified by that. Let's vacate spots in hell so that we can put more in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, in my Father's house there are many rooms. Father, I believe that. I believe that what Jesus told me in the Bible was true and that there is many rooms in your home and there's one for me and there's one for every listener to this show and more so much more help us steward this faith help us spread this around to our loved ones and to our friends let total strangers see us walking in a way that exudes you that they know, they can tell that we are children of God. That when we're in places that we don't even belong, someone just comes up and says, you don't belong here. Yeah, that might hurt, but I'd rather be in the presence of you than in places that I don't belong. In fact, I'd rather be bringing those people out of those places that they don't belong. Bring them closer to you. Help me speak boldly to those around me. Help us speak boldly to those around us with love and compassion for others and to serve. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, brothers and sisters, I love you all so much and I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that you listen in and that for your support. I hope that you're finding this message good and revitalizing. Um, that you enjoy this. I really enjoy um, sending it out. Alright, so next week, the song is Revival by Zach Williams. And we'll be finishing up our um, series here with John 14.6, Jesus is the life. We'll go ahead and finish up with that. And then we'll move on to some other things. 
Um, I hope that you all have a great week. I love you all. And I will talk to you all later. Bye-bye, everybody.